0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. Today you're going to hear a clip from the IBS show where I sat down with Ilona and Leah who have both been on the show before. Ilona was episode 23 and Leah was 46. We hope that you enjoy this 20-minute episode and if you're listening today, make sure to tag Lash Boss Radio, Revelation, and Leah Lash Pro on Instagram. All right, so I am here with Leah and Ilona. Um, Hi. What's up, guys? So Leah and Ilona are some really well-known trainers in our industry, and so I had a couple of questions about lash training for them, and I'm sure that they will have a really good answer. So my biggest question is if somebody wants to be a lash trainer, what should they do? be doing and maybe not be doing to get there
1: Um, I feel like lately I've been seeing this a lot on Instagram um, more and more people saying that the, the saying like you need to pay your dues is outdated and you don't need to do that anymore and you know as soon as you show a certain skill level you're just ready to teach others and I think that couldn't be more false and it always irks me when I hear that because you do have to pay your dues taking a lash course does not prepare you to be an educator you need to know the ins and outs of the business you need to have done hundreds and hundreds of full sets to understand all the intricacies of this artistry and furthermore the business Mm -hmm. um I couldn't so, agree more. Yeah, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing um, is building a curriculum. You can't just uh, plagiarize the curriculum of the person whose training you just took, make it yours, and then pretend to teach it like knowing all of the details of that curriculum. It's A curriculum takes years and years to build, and it takes constant updating based on things that are evolving throughout the industry and that you're seeing throughout your work. So with that, though, as an artist, um,
0: do you feel like if you're training, you can still go take trainings and that that person teaching you is going to feel okay with that? I think
2: that you can never stop learning. Yeah. The the industry is growing at a such fast rate and there's always new education, there's new um, science, there's new everything. Like. It's just evolving, so you always gotta keep updated. And I think that knowing that if you're ready for to be a trainer or not, it's if somebody asks you a question about lashes and you don't know the answer to it, you're not ready to be a trainer. Right. You need to know every single question, every single answer. You need to know that you need to be able to wake up in the middle of the night and know how to answer everything. Right. So if you don't know the answer, if you still have questions yourself, chances are you're not ready to pass on the knowledge to somebody else. Yeah, I, I, I
0: um. I think you should. You can still take trainings if you're a trainer. I I just.
1: You have to. You can never say I've learned enough. Right. I'm taking two trainings this year personally. I've been lashing for ten years, and I've heard people who have been lashing for ten years tell me like, sometimes we DM them to promote the the trainings, and they're like, "Excuse me, I'm a master lash artist. How dare you reach out to you?" I literally had somebody say that, and I'm like, "Really?" Because I've been doing this for ten years. And I've trained over 300 people yeah. and I still take training. So yeah. like you take
2: one training take 10 seat. years ago and they think that's all it takes that you never know you need to be, get trained again. Well, but that's not the way it works. I, I think there's sometimes where there's
0: uh, artists that they'll come away. They'll the second that they start training the class that they took before people accuse them of like, oh, well, you know, she took that and now she's training and they have that idea in their head, but it's really like, well, that person's probably gonna still take trainings all of the time too, but more specifically, do you feel like, when is a good time that you'd know, like, okay, I'm ready to start yeah. building my curriculum, and and how do you not, like, have the influence of, you know, classes you had just taken, or, like, what make sure meant, it's not plagiarizing? What I meant I say
1: plagiarizing is I mean somebody who's new to volume, new to mega volume new to classic they don't i see what you're saying they learn that curriculum and 2 months later they just like they're teaching it's it it's a regurgitated version of something else and they don't know else. the details of it it's not something that they put together do you know what i mean yeah i see there's what you're saying there's things in my curriculum that aren't found in any other curriculums and then there's things that are common knowledge you know what i mean and i know the ins and outs of that like my angle is science i have a science background i have a chemistry background yeah. so there's a lot of scientific stuff in there um, that if I ask anybody who's taking my class like tell me more about that they wouldn't be able to because those are things that I personally put into it right Um, so so that's what I meant there's nothing wrong with of course every time you take a course you're gonna take bits and pieces of it and integrate into yours that's the point of taking trainings okay trained lots of educators I know they're there to you know, step up maybe their curriculum, That's there's no problem with that. It's just a matter of like, taking the time to work out, like I said, the intricacies of that material. Do you think it hinders someone uh,
0: for them to feel like they should no longer take training? How do you mean? So someone that maybe has been training for the last 10 years, like training um, that long, and not taking, you you know that they're not taking courses anymore? Do you feel like that is hindering them? Of course, you become irrelevant.
1: I, I have those conversations on Instagram with some people, like I said, when we reach out to them, mm-hmm. they're like, tell me what, what's new that you can teach me? And I'm like, well, you don't know that there's something new until you know that there's right. something new to be learned, so.
2: Yeah, I've been to many like conferences and even classes, and I did think like that. I did think, oh, there's nothing more that you can teach me. But then when I take the course, I'm like, wow, I didn't even think that this existed. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole point of taking the training, so you're never left behind. And I think it's very low of somebody to think, to become comfortable, you know, yeah. because, like I said, the industry is always evolving. And if you don't want to take um, courses, I think attending uh, conferences is crucial because that's when the latest techniques and science and everything get brought to the industry. Conferences. The industry is a baby. Exactly. It's, there's going to be so much evolution,
1: exponential evolution in the coming years. And somebody who thinks that they started 13 years ago is the best, they're, they couldn't be more wrong. They yeah. Said, they said that at yesterday when we were at the um, World Series conference. Mm-hmm. They said even if you walk away and you learned one new thing today and everything else was stuff you already knew. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah,
2: I agree. I think another thing is um, there's a lot of people that they learn lashes and then they start teaching other people how to do lashes but it's not only the lashes that matter it's everything together like especially now we the whole world is on social media if you don't engage with people over social media and advertise your business on social media you're basically irrelevant right so if you take a training by somebody who's not who doesn't have the whole business experience (laughs) in not only just doing lashes, I think that will definitely affect your career. You can so, be the best artist in the industry exactly. if you don't know how to showcase your work and it's present
1: yourself and market yourself. You'll never make it in this industry. That's
0: yeah. Uh, I think a lot of um, trainings that I've attended, they go over social media and business too, but it's pertaining to our industry, so it, it, it helps a lot if you can't teach your artists how to gain clients and to maybe show them <laughs> <laughs> i i think that if you if you can show an artist, you know, both the artistry and like skill set behind it along with how to market yourself as a lash artist you're equipping them way more than someone that's just like, here's how to make a fan. Um.
1: Or at least point them in the right direction. Like in my master class, I tell them I'm going to give you 10 points that you should be focusing on for your social media and your business. Uh, I'm going to elaborate on them and tell you how to tackle them. But each of those points is like a course in itself. Mm -hmm. So if there's one of these things that is lacking in your business, you need to get help learn how to do it yourself outsourcing something right so at least tell them that these are things that are crucial to your success um, and point them into how to you know tackle that
2: yeah there's only so much we can we as educators can teach in a two-day course I think it's really important to take extra courses not just in the lash industry but in business and even social media it, yes. you can go really really in depth and it can change your whole entire career if you educate yourself more on it
0: Right, and I've taken a lot of business courses, too, because, you know, I wanted to be a salon owner, and if I were to just take lash course after lash course, I would be doing my entire team a disservice because, yeah, I could make pretty lashes, but can I, am I good at marketing, too, and, you know, all of that matters. Um, Do you feel like, you know, we talk about the industry being saturated with artists, but um, there's a lot of trainers in this industry, too, and I wouldn't necessarily say that it's oversaturated because I feel like for the most part most people know a good trainer from maybe one that's not ready for it yeah so do you have anything to add about people that maybe just
2: are training too soon I think you have to um, research who is training you look at their work look at their experience, look at how many courses have they taken in the past, um, how educated they are themselves, if they want any awards, uh, anything that differentiates them from the rest, right? Because like I said, anybody can do lashes, anybody can teach how to do lashes. And you also have to be really careful in you know a person might be an expert eyelash technician an award-winning artist but can they pass on that that knowledge to you are they good educators so you really have to find somebody that's good at business good at doing lashes and good at educating all together because that's the only way that you yourself can become a better artist and a better business owner if you learn from somebody that has done it and that has achieved it basically yeah and one
1: other thing that i always like people will dm me and like you've taken this class what do you think about it and I asked them what is it that qualifies the person that you think of taking this course with to be teaching you this thing because there are educators in this business that have been lashing for a year and then teaching for a year and now they've moved on to giving business advice when they've themselves never owned a business so yeah. what qualifies that person to be teaching that topic that's that's relevant in every industry not just ours but I feel like people often overlook that yeah they look at the number of followers and they're like oh I gotta take this class but ask yourself those questions before you sign up to those courses that's how you that's how you should probably be doing your research and also who is actually teaching it
0: not because these I love a lot of our bigger brands that we have but um sometimes you don't know that that might be a brand new trainer though that that has never taught anything and maybe they're great at it you know but at the same time i i honestly i don't i'm not i'm not trying to be negative or anything i'm i i'm just gonna say that i think didn't need to be said it's not negative so i i feel like these big brands um are really great for like the beginners because they're great at um the foundations they actually are so good and they've got that down when you want to start advancing, though, it's better to go with someone that is a solo. Like, all they do is
2: is, is They live and breathe lashes. Right. <laughs> um. I've personally been approached, like when I first started uh, teaching, I've been approached by bigger brands. Pretty much every single bigger brand on the market out there. And honestly as Alona said, it needs to be said, but when they offer you the price, it's it's very, very little money. So I didn't want to educate. I didn't want to, you know, give all this information that I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to, to um, gain myself. And now I'm basically teaching for less money than I could stay at home doing clients. You know right. what I mean? So usually educators that are on that level, that are overqualified, that are experts are not willing to work for somebody else because... <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I, it's the same thing uh, as an artist. You're not going to work for a chain salon usually because if you're really good, you know, if you're going to value yourself you a little your bit more. <laughs> but not but that's thing. not to knock people that work for these brands because, like I said, they're good at what they're good at, which is, like, really the foundations of it. They really have, like, that comprehensive curriculum that covers a lot of the basics that you really should know. But when you're trying to do advanced artistry and mega volume and all that, look for maybe a solo trainer that that's all they're doing. And they're so well versed in it. And they've seen so many hundreds of students that they know every last thing you're doing wrong. When I'm teaching, I can look at you and like in half a second know exactly what you're doing wrong. And how to
1: correct it.
0: Right. Instead of being like, wait, show me one more time what you did. Show me one more time what you did. When I first started training, it took me a while to figure out, like, what are they doing wrong? And to verbalize it to them afterwards. You know how to explain it. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, now I, I'm like,
1: oh, instantly, this is what you're doing. That's, that's what I wanted to add before. Just because somebody's a good lash artist does not mean they're a good teacher. Right. Not everybody is... Born, like being able to co- like teach and coach others. It's two very separate things. If you happen to be both, that's great for you. And you're going to be a very successful educator. But if you're lacking that that side of it, um, it might not be for you. There are other aspects of your business that you can thrive in. Mm-hmm. Might not be teaching, you know?
2: And I think it's also your experience as an educator like I know myself I first started teaching three years ago and my trainings back then are nothing compared to what they are now and if I could go back in time I would probably tell myself to not train at that time but (laughs) everybody has to start somewhere you know and my, my type of clientele my Uh, the students that used to come to me those times are completely different than the students that are coming now right so i think there's different levels different categories so like you said there's the foundation and then there's the experts you know so it depends what you want to do do you want to just do clients on a daily day basis and you don't really care if your work is perfect or not or do you want to excel your career and maybe become an educator yourself so i think it all lies in the decision first um
0: my last question is about y'all's product lines y'all both are you know y'all are both developing your professional lines (laughs) Um, what do you have to say about the people who are like oh well it's all the same stuff they just like slap their label on it and it's all the same a lot of them say that they order from overseas like and they're really bad products and they're like yeah well this is what all the other brands are and I'm like no
2: no I'd like to hear y'all's response to that. I've been testing products since December 2016, so three, two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. I think alone on the same thing. And I think that's on average how long it actually takes. Cause I've actually held a collection of all the products I've tested, and literally, like, I would think that the brand, the brand is so perfect and, you know, I'll do a set of lashes and then my my model or my client would come back and their lashes are flat. So it's not just how the lashes look like, but can they can they obtain their, the, the curl? Are they easy to fan? Um, how do they look on a client? Do they have a blue tint? Are they black? Do they look greasy? Like, there's so much. There's so many different brands then not just that but the manufacturers like do you can't are they reliable can you trust them are they just going to shut the company down and then you never hear them again can you understand the language barrier you know there's so much to it and Mm -hmm. honestly I don't think when when we start launching our lines we have no idea what we're getting ourselves into you know at one point you just realize you're deep into it and there's no going back because the amount of money that you invest to find that that quality that is up to your standards and I think that both me and Ilona too, like we have pretty high standards, you know, we're not gonna settle for less and we will take that years and years if we need to until we find yeah. something that's suitable for us. So I don't really agree that it's finding any manufacturer and putting your name on it. It's right. just, what is your, rep- your reputation? What does your brand stand behind? Because if, if you don't care, if you just wanna slap on your name on anything and just make quick money, then that's that's fine with that. But There is variations in like the sticky strips even. Yeah, exactly. And everyone has their preferences, right? Like, everybody likes... Some people like, you know, different color strips. Some people like more sticky. Some like less sticky. Some like lashes that are more silky. Like, everybody has different tastes.
1: Yeah. What's even more important to talk about in terms of quality are all of the products that we use that contain chemicals. Yes. And this is where I start geeking out. Um... This is something that I go very deep into my class. I talk about the composition of adhesives, how not all cyanoacrylates are made equal, not all methacrylates are made equal. Some forms of them are more toxic than others. If you, um, they all come in at least five different commonly used forms. If you combine the wrong cyano with the wrong methyl, it creates a highly toxic product that releases formaldehyde. certain forms of cyanocrylates are only to be used for crazy glues and I always say this in class there are adhesives on the market currently from a couple of very big name brands that contain the form of cyanocrylate that is intended for crazy glue uh, which is significantly more toxic than the other forms of it Um, there's a post that recently went up on. they are an Australian brand, they're called uh, Lash, and I actually reposted on my story, and a lot of people were mind blown. Um, their borders in Australia are very, very strict in terms of uh, what comes in and what, what mm-hmm. goes out. And uh, there's, curr- I don't know the name of the brand, but apparently there's a brand that is currently going through a lawsuit because they were caught importing a debonder, which is a glue remover that contains GBL. GBL is an extremely toxic product that is used in cleaning products that should not be anywhere near your eyes or your skin and basically somebody slides in your DMs, tells you, check this out, we have this new product, oil proof and waterproof and you can like jump in a puddle of mud and your lashes will be fine with it and the person doesn't know better, they slap a private label on it and they start selling it because... The market is not regulated and there's nobody verifying these products and furthermore even the manufacturers themselves are dishonest about the msds sheets so not everything is made equal everybody's in this industry is uh, sadly to say is very uninformed because One people they just don't have this knowledge like they're not chemists right and they don't have chemists working for them so if something is too good to be true if something is too cheap there's a reason for that um, all products are not made equal. I can promise you that. love it. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with me for a little bit. Thank you for having us. Thank you as always. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. As I mentioned in the episode, Leah and Ilona both have their own product lines. I will link both of their product lines in the show notes so that you can shop their new releases. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.